What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Extra Point College Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jacob Carnes, joined as always by my co-host, Daniel Hammock. Uh, Daniel, I listened to our last episode, and I've realized in my cadence, I've always said host and then co-host, and I'm like, that sounds weird. So I didn't forget this time. And I changed my cadence, co-host and co-host, just like co-manager and co-manager. Shout out to the office. So in this scenario, am I Jim or am I Michael? I think we should let the viewers decide. <laughs> let, the, let the viewers decide. I'm more big uh, picture se- and you're more <laughs> you're more day to day. Senior co-manager. Yeah. <laughs> this is Jim, junior co-manager in training. Trained. Good at it. Loving it. <laughs> uh sorry if you're not an office fan. That yeah. meant nothing to you. If there was uh, a way I could be Daryl, I'd be down. But, you know. Oh, a thousand percent. Anyways. Well, we got we got a loaded week seven in college football. And week seven is only a little bit sad because it means we've hit the 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 uh, peak of the regular season. So it goes downhill from here. But that means we've had we can celebrate the great half season we've had. We right. do have a full half season to go. And this week is the second time in history in college football history where we have three different matchups of five and O teams. And we are talking about all three of those matchups uh, on the podcast. So actually the first three games we're going to talk about. So we're going to hit Michigan, Penn state, Alabama, Tennessee, TCU, Oklahoma state, Florida, LSU, Clemson, Florida state, Mississippi state, Kentucky, and Utah, excuse me, USC. Uh, Daniel, what's a game that we're not hitting. You're excited to watch this weekend. Um, I think anytime you get just a matchup of, you know, good, I guess, power five teams that you just never see play each other. Um, like, I'm interested to see Arkansas and BYU. I think it's going to be a sneaky good game. Um, and I think that, you know, it'll be good to kind of just measure those two against each other. Like Arkansas, you know, they've been beat up a little bit this year. But, you know, most people are going to go to bat for them and they love Sam Pittman. But BYU is just this team that's able to kind of, you know, year to year just put out a good squad. So this year they've looked strong at times. They had a tough time with Oregon. You know, what are they? I think this is a very evenly matched game. So that's one I'm excited to watch. That was definitely my my, my number one. Um that line's in like one and a half right now in yeah. Arkansas's favor. Is KJ Jefferson playing? I, I think that swings it. I think Arkansas could be a three-pointer more favorite if KJ's playing. Uh, I think that's kind of splitting the difference if KJ's playing or not. Um, uh, I'll say NC State Syracuse. Uh, Syracuse 5-0, and which is shocking. That's a team that at the halfway point I can say I was extremely wrong about uh, coming into the season. They are what Virginia was like the last couple of years with how fun that offense is. Uh, so, you know, Garrett Schrader's been tearing it up at Syracuse. But NC State, Syracuse a three-and-a-half-point favorite against NC State. Uh, we're not talking about it, but, Daniel, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that is my WTF game of the week. So. Yeah. I like NC State in that matchup. I think NC State should be favored by one and a half to two. Is Devin Leary playing? He said he's playing. Okay. We'll see. I know that that, that had means. to factor in a little bit because he was, it was looking like he might not play. So, um, I'm with, so caveat if he plays, I think WTF game, wrong team favored. So, we'll see. Excited to watch that one. We have some big games to talk about. So, I don't want to waste 
anytime. Right, let's, let's dive right in. First, a top 10 matchup, Michigan, Penn State in the big house. Both teams undefeated coming in. Michigan right now sitting at a six-and-a-half-point favorite, so just under a touchdown at home. Where are you going in Ann Arbor? Yeah, this one I think is just – it's exactly what we need at this time of year. We need to start sizing up these Big Ten East schools that have just been looking like powerhouses, honestly. Um, you know, Big Ten swinging the big stick, going down to Auburn, uh, you know, a few weeks back. And they just really – they've just looked like a solid team all year. And Michigan has looked the same. They have cruised. Um, last week I thought um, Michigan played a very controlled game. And, you know, just it looks like these two are kind of getting each other at the right time. They're both kind of gaining their identities as they grow. Um, the six-and-a-half-point spread for me with, with Michigan at home, I was like, all right, that's, that's right on the money because I do think the Michigan's the better team. Um, and I do think Michigan comes away with the win, but I mean, Penn State, I think is going to give them everything that they've got. I don't think Michigan wins by a touchdown. So I am taking Penn State in the points. Um, I think they come in there and they might even, this is a buzzword I used to say a lot, but <laughs> they, they might, might even, even have, have a lead, lead. <laughs> in the second half. I think there's a second half lead in Penn State. And I think that it's more of like a three-point win or so for Michigan where they're going to have to really battle and really, you know, this is a game where they're going to have to prove their depth. They're going to have to prove that one through 85, they're as good as, you know, it is in the Big Ten. Um, well, let's just say the Big Ten East. We can eliminate the West altogether. As good as it is in the Big Ten East, one through 85. So Michigan, I think that they're going to be able to prove it um, on Saturday, but they're going to have to give it everything they got against a very quality opponent in Penn State. So give me the Nittany Lions plus six and a half. Love it. That was a deep cut for the uh, for the OG listeners. Yeah. So love that. Uh, excuse me. I apologize. Up, Jacob, uh, this I know. slate is loaded. <laughs> I know. Uh, man, Braves may be exhausted. So yeah. That was a tiring game. It was uh, a taxing game. It was a taxing game. Uh, Daniel, I told you there's one of these games that we do some separate picks on the side that was going on my, you know, you can basically pick 10 games from any of the games going on this week. Pick, pick your 10 most confident games. This game is one of my 10 most confident picks, and that is Michigan. Minus six and a half, lay the points. I think this point spreads about four points too small. So Michigan, Penn State, I agree with you. Two, I think this is two top 10 teams even. I just think Michigan is almost on – I think there is a tier two beginning to separate itself, and I think Michigan's going to show that this week. So we've talked about there being a tier one of Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia, uh, kind of separating themselves from the rest of the pack. I think there's a little bit of a tier two, and we're actually talking about a couple more of the teams uh, on the game. So Michigan – the biggest mismatch I see in this game is, like, one, Michigan has – this is not the mismatch. Michigan has a very efficient offense, but mm. uh, Penn State has a very efficient defense. Now, one thing Michigan has done very well is they have scored when they get scoring opportunities. When they're crossing the 40, they're turning those into touchdowns. And so they're a very, very efficient offense, and I think that's going to get them a lot of points against Penn State. Um, so I, I think they're scoring 35 and I don't know if Penn State – I think the mismatch is Penn State's offense against Michigan's defense. 
this is a top 10 defense against the pass and the rush. And as good as Singletary's been, they're still 100th in the country in EPA per rush, Penn State is. And Michigan ranks seventh in that category. This is a team that has the uh, number seven defensive success rate in the country going up against a team that has the 81st offensive success rate in the country. So while Penn State, I think, has a good enough offense to beat probably probably win 10 games on that schedule, Michigan's not one of them in the big house. I think that's a mismatch. And after I think the crowd swings us three more points and even the spread. Uh, so I'm laying the points in Michigan. I think this is a 10 point win mm. by Michigan. So I think we're about three points short on the line here. Uh, I like Michigan. I like this team. Pre- uh, and I, I don't think that means Penn state is, just, you know, don't drop in the rankings or anything. I think Penn state's a very good team. I just think this is Michigan kind of separating a tier two in college football. Um, Penn State being like top of that tier three. So I like Penn State. I'll lay the points. That's the first of our, you know, undefeated matchups. Let's go to our second one, Daniel. Knoxville, Tennessee. We thought this might happen preseason. We thought, hey, what if Tennessee's undefeated when Alabama comes to town? We we, we were a lot more confident Alabama could be undefeated walking into this game. But here yeah. we are, undefeated Alabama, undefeated Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee coming off of a big win against LSU last week in Death Valley. Alabama coming off of uh, an exciting win against Texas A&M. Alabama, make sure of the line right, seven and a half point favorites in Knoxville. Where are you going in Knoxville? Just a phenomenal line. Like seven and a half. If this is under seven, I mean, it's a slam dunk Alabama. But you're talking about a game of, I think, um, whoever holds serve on the scores back and forth is going to be um, kind of sitting in the driver's seat. Um, you know, whoever can steal a possession, whether that's like the end of the first half, whoever gets the first, you know, uh, whoever sees the second half kickoff, that kind of a game, uh, because it'll be a definitely a game of, of big explosive plays. Um, I know Alabama, Alabama has a much better defense than Tennessee. Um, uh, Tennessee is what, what, like 87th ranked defense as far as, um, so it's, it's, they give a lot of explosive plays up Alabama. I think they're top 10, I think number six, if I'm not mistaken, um, in, in total defense, but just, you know, giving up explosive plays, they've been able to limit those for the most part, um, that's really what's kept them, you know, in these games when their offense hasn't been, you know, what it needs to be. Um, I'm concerned, obviously, if Bryce Young doesn't play. Um, if Bryce Young plays, I think it's going to be just big play after big play on the Alabama offensive side. But I just don't have a ton of confidence yet that Alabama is going to be able to stop Tennessee on a consistent basis. I've gone back and forth. I really want to do the hot thing and take Tennessee because they're at home and they have more than a touchdown of points. I really feel like a strong connection to that. But I'm going to trust the defense to get that extra possession, to hold them, you know, at bay. I'm going to take Alabama because this is just a single, you know, single digit line. I think Alabama covers. Um, I think they win the game. 
think that both teams are going to have explosive plays. I just think I can see this one playing out similarly to the Arkansas game where it's close um, a couple of different times in the game. And then Alabama just kind of wears on them over the course of the game. And it's just too much at the end for, for Tennessee. But I, I really did labor with this one a lot because I really respect what Tennessee's done thus far. Josh Heupel, um, that offense is, is phenomenal. And I think they're just so efficient. Um, so, but all that being said, give me Alabama lay the seven and a half. This is a principal play. You're telling me Alabama in a rivalry that they have not lost since Nick Saban got there. Before Twitter was invented, before Instagram was invented, before you could what upload on YouTube. You're gonna spot me single single digits. You're gonna give me Nick Saban in single digits against Tennessee. Lay the points. Lay the points that like this is a principal play. That, like he, Nick Saban acts like he he doesn't look at this stuff and doesn't read. He knows what this spread is, and he smiled when he saw it. This whole team's gonna know what the spread is on the road. Now, now I will say this is caveat. Bryce Young plays. Like if he doesn't play, I think Tennessee covers. I still think Alabama wins mm-hmm. uh, if Bryce Young doesn't play. I think they figure out how to perfect that offense after after the scare last week yeah. of catering it more to Milrow, running the ball really, really well, which I think is how you. I still think if Bryce plays, I better see Jameer Gibbs have 25 carries. He's uh, got to touch the ball, you know, a ton because you add in his targets and everything like that. He's just way too dynamic of a weapon for you to not be utilizing him. And, for, and to wear them down yeah, all game. Right. That's the – to make them tired in the fourth quarter where – you're up three, and then you're up ten yeah. uh, in the fourth quarter. So I, I think he's the kind of difference maker that will separate Alabama from Tennessee. Alabama does have a very good defense. I do think as quickly as Tennessee gets the ball out, where I think it can hurt them, is if they do get down in this game, I think you, you start taking more shots, right, which means you're taking longer to throw the ball. You're waiting on routes to get open, and that's where that Bama pass rush. I mean, Will Anderson had by himself 12 quarterback hurries last week a personal record for himself that like, that's what this, this pass rush can send for and get pressure like nine times out of 10. It is scary, scary good. I think that along with Alabama's run game is the difference in this game. Caveat the Bryce Young plays lay the seven and a half single digits with Alabama. I'll take that every time. (laughs) Uh, All right. So we and I both laying the points with Alabama. All right. Our last undefeated matchup. Oklahoma State, TCU, uh, both teams coming off of big wins. TCU coming off of that win against Kansas last week. TCU hosting the Cowboys as three-and-a-half-point favorites. Where are you going in Fort Worth? This one's tough because I do think I do think Oklahoma State um, has, has been in this spot before, whereas TCU kind of, you know, it's been a while since they've been – kind of been in this in this role of maybe the pole position of of the Big 12 because um, the winner of this is going to be you know basically on a on a beeline for that you know one of the spots of the uh, the Big 12 championship so um, I do I like I like TCU to win the game and you know I was trying to think about how I feel this game going um, I, I think that 
I think Spencer Sanders is going to have some turnovers in the game, and I think that um, it's not going to make a difference in that. I think they're going to score a bunch of points still. I think Oklahoma State still going to score a bunch, uh, but I think TCU is just going to have, you know, a, an even bigger day. Uh, Max Duggan's going to have, you know, big day in the air and on the ground. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go TCU lay the three and a half. This is a principal play. It's time for Oklahoma State's reckoning. It's time that we, I've been circling this week. You can't get past this week. Here it is. This is a 10 point game at least. Oklahoma State's defense coming into the season ranked 128th in returning production. They lost their defensive coordinator. Now, Derek Mason's done a great job, but we've seen the immediate, the immediate impact that he's had on Ohio State. Oklahoma's defense this year has proven they are not as good as they were last year. This is a team that ranks 88th in defensive EPA. They rank 100th in EPA per pass, 52nd in EPA per rush allowed. Uh, they're letting teams cross the 40 and score on those opportunities. They are 98th in the country and allowing teams to score touchdowns on scoring drives. And and uh, the, the reckoning has come finally. TCU lay the points. The be- And one thing Oklahoma State has benefited from is field position. Like they have had incredible field position to start drives. And part of that is special teams. One thing that can negate that is an explosive offense. Like it doesn't matter where they start because of how explosive they are. Uh, so lay the points with TCU. This one's easy. Principal play of fading Oklahoma State. Uh, was there any doubt I was going to pick against Oklahoma State? Uh, yeah, I almost called this the Jacob Carnes lock of the week. And, uh... <laughs> you know what? This is the Jacob Carnes lock of the week. Screw it. Uh, TCU lay the points. All right. Let's go to Dan- – oh, I was going to say too. I'll bring out an actual stat. Uh, last week, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State. Texas Tech ran 104 plays. 104 plays. That that defense was on the field for 104 plays. That's like about 30 more plays than average. So I think that will take a toll, especially against a team with an offense like TCU. So mm. if you want a little stat to help back you up there, 104 plays last week, keep an eye on that. That defense could be tired. All right. We're going to Gainesville, Florida. So the last time Florida hosted LSU, man, did we get a good game. In fact, I found our graphic the other day. We had set a foggy night in Gainesville. And, uh, man, some great camera angles and incredible ending. Cade uh, York with the dagger from we don't even know where because the fog. That's right. We don't even know what yard line he was on. He didn't even know he made it because of how much fog there was. The shoe toss from around the world. Incredible. Uh, So Florida coming in as a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Where are you going in Gainesville? Yeah, this one is extremely interesting. They're both four and two. Uh, if this is in, if it is in Baton Rouge, in Death Valley, LSU's favored. If it's in Gainesville, Florida's favored. I think this is right on the money as far as what to expect. Um, I think that it's funny because I feel like. Well, no, I'm not going to go there. I was going to say if you swapped quarterbacks, this would be a landslide on LSU's side because that's what they're basically missing is a competent quarterback, but I don't necessarily want to put that on Anthony Richardson at this point. He's still very raw, still a lot of potential, still needs to be developed. So 
you know, I'm the more I look at this one, the more I think I think that, you know, my ten and two LSU is, is taking a little hit. They're four and two right now. I need six straight wins to be right. Well, Jacob, I'm not gonna, you know, quit now. You know, LSU's gonna win. Double down, so double down. Since they're gonna win, I might as well take these two and a half points I'm be, being given. But um, on the real, I do think that uh, defensively they they've shown some improvement. Um, I, I, offensively, it's just it. Nothing has clicked a hundred percent yet. But I do think uh, Brian Kelly is learning his team. And you're just going to see a buttoned-up team by season's end because he's going to know exactly what – he talked about this in the uh, post-game press conference about how, you know, there's certain things that they can do to help um, their protection, you know, different things like that, like seven-man protection. The, there, there's a lot of little parts that they haven't been adding to it yet because they've wanted to see kind of what they have. And I think that, you know, you learn a lot more in losses than you do wins. And in the two losses, I think that they've learned a ton about their team. Um, so I do, I, I'll be interested to see how this game plays out. This one's always one of the more fun rivalries to watch. Uh, this is historically just two very even um, organizations, even, you know, programs. So interested to see how these two play out in Gainesville, but, you know, I really do think that LSU is going to win this game. Um, I think there's just too much talent on that side, on both sides of the ball for them, uh, for them not to win. And if I'm giving a coaching edge, I'm going to give it to Brian Kelly, who's just done it at the Power Five level for years and years, versus you know Billy Napier, who um, has done it at the Group of Five level, and he he's kind of wading into this you know SEC. Um, lifestyle so give me lsu plus the two and a half you know i was gonna pick florida out of principle of just like going ahead and killing 10 and 2 lsu this week just like letting it die in week seven but i can't daniel i, I can't pick against lsu in this spot yeah I'll, I'll give you a couple more weeks so uh, i'm taking lsu plus the points uh when i ran some numbers daniel i got like florida minus one so I think this is a very evenly matched game. So then I'll look for mismatches. And the mismatch I see on the field is LSU's rush offense against Florida's rush defense. So I think that they've got to have more designed runs with Jaden Daniels and not where he's just looking at a read and taking off. He, he right. settled in some more, but this offense opens up and it helps him out throwing the ball when he's given the chance to run and you're running John Emory Jr., you're running behind this offensive line. They, they've gotten some momentum in the past couple of weeks. I think also the result last week against Tennessee and you watch Florida play Tennessee close, I think that's going to factor into this line here of mm. recency bias of what we saw. But you got to think, Daniel, th that game was 14 nothing before you blinked because of two special teams errors. And I do think Tennessee dominated that game after that, but LSU was also forced to not play a strong running game from the jump because you're down 14 nothing. And so I think we see a return of LSU running the ball early in this game, early and often. Uh, shortening the game here, I think that's a mismatch against Florida's rush defense. Florida ranks 118th in the country in EPA per rush given up uh, when their defense is on the field. And LSU is a top 25 rush offense in the country. So I think that's the mismatch in this game. Again, it's only two and a half points. I think LSU can win. And so I'll go ahead and take the free points. Uh, not going to quite go wrong team favored, but 
I will go ahead and take the points with LSU against Florida in the swamp. All right. Our next game, we're going to Tallahassee. So <laughs> when I saw this line, Daniel, I was like, really? <laughs> it just it, it made me scared to death to pick a side in this game. So Clemson comes to town as a three-and-a-half-point favorite in Tallahassee. It just it seems too easy, Daniel. And yeah. I, where, where are you going to Tallahassee? Well, here's the thing. It is too easy. I'm not going to fall victim to overthinking this. I watch college football. I know it's going to happen. I think that Florida State is a good team and has gotten better, and they their floor has been raised by Mike Norvell. I think the sky is going to be the limit as they keep growing. I think that they've gotten a couple really good wins already this year, and I think they aren't done winning good games yet. Clemson is one of those teams that you were alluding to earlier with Michigan um, as on that on that next tier. And you've been pounding the drum for this all year, but it's their defense that gets them there um, as far as being, you know, in that conversation uh, among, among that second tier of teams, among teams that can make the playoff. Um, and I'm looking at this game. I think that Clemson's going to – their defense is going to travel with them. They're going to get off the bus. They're going to come on there. And I think they're going to get Florida State problems all day. I think Florida State, there's when Florida State scores in this game, it's going to be the exception, not the rule. It's going to be an anomaly. I see this game being somewhere in the, the 30s to like the teens. So I'm thinking like 35, 17, 35, 16 um, in favor of Clemson. I don't think that Clemson's going to have an easy day offensively. I think they're going to kind of have to you know, manufacture things. It might be a slow start, but I think they're going to keep getting opportunities because of the defense. And I think over the course of the game, you're just going to see Clemson kind of wear them down. Will Shipley will have a couple of scores. Um, they might get a couple of short fields because of the defense and special teams. Um, but give me Clemson, lay these points. I do think it's that easy. Um, and it's based solely on, I think that Florida State's going to have a very tough time scoring on Clemson this week. So you and I were pretty early on Mike Norvell saying like, hey, we were early on Taggart saying he, he wasn't the guy. We knew that was but, not going to work. But bringing in Norvell, we were like, please give him time. Like he, he, he really he's the will. right guy for the job. Yeah. He's a really good coach. He's a program builder. But you got to give him time because the end of the Jimbo tenure and Willie Taggart just kind of, I mean, literally ran Florida State into the ground. Uh, so that being said, I hope this game is a close game. I, I really, really do. I, I would love to see Florida State win this game in Tallahassee. Uh, I just, I'm with you. Three and a half is way too easy. And I think this game is north of 10 points. Florida State has, Jordan Travis has done a phenomenal job. He is way better than I expected coming into the year, which played into us going over on Florida State's win total, which is looking great so far. I'm going to make it. Goodness, that's my second yawn. <laughs> I, uh, anyway, but. Again, a, a really good rush offense. Uh, they're playing their best football when they're running the ball. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, good luck running the ball against this Clemson front. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I just don't think they're going to make Florida State one-dimensional, and that's really not going to be good for Florida State. And so I, I do think this game is north of 10 points and three and a half. Just I'm going to hold my nose and say this is too easy and, and lay these points here. Uh, just don't watch this game, Jacob. Just go watch it after the fact. Right. 
if well, you're I'll watching it final... during the game, you're going to feel sick to your stomach. Because this atmosphere is going to be awesome. I mean, to, to take a page out of your book, Florida State might have a lead in the first in half. In the second half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, they might in this game. I, I hope so. I, you know, I hope for a really good game. That's a great environment. I think college football is better when Florida State's good. And I want this game to be competitive. So I hope mm-hmm. we're wrong. I hope that sitting here, we're sitting here in the fourth quarter with a tie game, like sweating over three and a half points. Uh, but I think it's north of 10. So I'll go ahead and lay the points. I like when points. we're wrong on games that we both pick the same. That way I don't have to be, because if I'm, if we pick differently and I'm wrong, that means that you're right and that you're getting a game on me. So and that's the worst. That's the worst. And I'm sure the same way for you. You're sitting here last week with the whole Texas, Oklahoma thing. Meanwhile, for me, it was the whole Tennessee LSU thing. We were on opposite sides. It's like mixed feelings, but I'm mad both wrong about Clemson. I'm like, at least Jacob's not winning. I'm really mad. I didn't pick Texas. My heart of hearts. I'm just like, I'm just like, you know what? No, no, no. Take your heart out of it. Jacob, follow the numbers. This game's always a one possession game. Idiot, idiot. Never again, Oklahoma. Never yeah, Quinn again. Ewers has never played in that game before and until that, Saturday. That's true. So That's true. All right. Let's go back to the SEC, Daniel. Another ranked v. ranked matchup. We have Mississippi State going to Kentucky. The checkout line at Kroger Field. Uh, where, are you, where are you going in Lexington? Yeah, so this – I've had a feeling for a while that I should start fading Kentucky. Now – I've been ignoring it. I feel like I should because Mississippi State's been playing really well. But this is at home. And Kentucky's getting six and a half. And I think Mark Stoops just got him right where he wants him. So I'm going to pick Kentucky with the six and a half because I think Kentucky can win this game outright. And I'm going to run and hide because I think Mississippi State is and has proven to be the better team all year. I think that they deserve to be a touchdown favorite. I think they should win this game, Jacob. I have just watched too much college football over the course of my life. There's something that's going to happen in this game. Like you were saying, the last game smelled fishy to you. This one's a little fishier for me. And I just I feel better taking Mark Stoops in this spot because I think he's got his team motivated the right way. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm guessing Will Levis is going to be back. Um, anyways. I, he is playing. He's playing. Great. Even if he wasn't, if Lynn Bowden Jr. came back to play quarterback for them, I would still take Kentucky in this spot. That's It's a it's a Mark Stoops play rather than a, an individual. I think that he's just in this spot ready to go. Like I said, he's got him right where he wants him. So, you know, Leach is coming in there. They're going to do something to the field. It's just not going to be just right. Give me Kentucky. You say they're going to sabotage the field. I'm not saying they're going to sabotage anything. I don't, oh I don't think Kentucky's dirty in any way. I'm just saying that Leach is just not going to be – something's going to be off, and their offense is just not going to be so – spry as it always is so i don't know something about those those fans up there we're getting close to basketball season they're extra frisky you know (laughs) it just is what it is you just got to watch out for them as you turn the calendar to to october and and eventually november it's like 
You just don't want to play up there. Look, you said it. There's a reason that they're a six and a half point favorite. Uh, Mississippi State ranks 16th in the country in offensive success rate. They rank 23rd in the country in defensive success rate. Uh, net points per drive, they're like 18th in the country. Like they've just been super efficient on offense and defense. They're coming off of a huge win against Arkansas. And that's why it's the perfect time to sell high and buy low. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mike Leach is going to give you a stinker. He did it against LSU. Mississippi State is better than LSU on offense no, and defense. Not. And LSU spanked them. Not even close. And they are. Like, they are so much better. Like, I cannot – I have rewatched that game, and I still don't understand how LSU beat them. And that's exactly what's going to happen in this game. We're going to be sitting here going – how did Kentucky just beat them? And it's gonna we're gonna look up, and Kentucky's gonna win the game outright. So yeah, I'm taking the points. I'm taking a home dog with points. Uh, taking Kentucky. I know it's fishy. Here's the thing. I'm not a big Will Levis fan. Mm. I, I've been same loud about the whole that. mayo and coffee thing. Like, dude, move on it's with your life. overkill. The whole first round pick. I don't get like. Here's the thing, though. As much as I don't think he's that good, this offense is terrible without him. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it, we saw how terrible the offense looked when he wasn't in there, and I'm like, oh, all right, maybe he's not that bad. There's something to and, this. <laughs> maybe there's something to this. Uh, and him playing, I think, is the difference in this game. So uh, I think Kentucky can win outright. It doesn't matter. I'm going to take the six and a half points. I think this should be like a three, three and a half point line. Uh, so I will take Kentucky. Yeah, this is this is a classic buy low on Kentucky and sell high with Mississippi State. Uh, you can't bring the cowbells with you to Kroger Field, so that's right. They're not, they're not going to make it past the checkout line, so yep. those beepers are going to go off uh, yep. at Kroger Field. All right, last game. This is a big one, Daniel. Utah and USC. This is a game people circle preseason, so this will be USC's test. I thought USC would have a loss before now, but. We finally get it, and Utah has two losses. USC is the one who comes in undefeated. But where are you going in Utah? Yeah, this one's weird because USC, I mean, if you're going off of rankings, obviously they're undefeated and they're number seven. And they're a three-and-a-half-point dog to a two-loss Utah team. Utah has roughed them up in the past. This is going to be ultimate test for Lincoln Riley. I mean, in year one, personally, I didn't have expectations for USC in year one. I was thinking, hey, year two is when I should really see something. But he's come in and he's raised my expectations for them. I think if USC is a real deal, they win this game. They get three and a half points. I know they're on the road. That shouldn't matter. USC should be the class of, of the Pac-12 uh, this year and until they leave for the Big Ten. So I'm taking USC. I'm taking those three and a half points because I think they're the better team. Um, I think they prove it on Saturday. So you're taking USC plus the points? Yeah. You think I think they, they outright? went outright. I'm just going to go ahead and get those three and a half as a just in case situation. I'm going to go ahead and say Vegas knows what they're doing here. Uh, Vegas, there's a reason Utah's lost two games and Utah's a three-point favorite. The mismatch in this game 
is Utah's rush offense against USC's rush defense. USC ranks 124th in the country and EPA allowed per rush. They've played they played Washington State a lot closer than that score was. Oregon State, they 100% should have lost that game. USC has had a ton of turnover luck. Eventually, eventually it's going to catch up with them. And I've been very impressed. USC has overachieved in year one already in my book. Uh, I don't think they're ready to beat a team like Utah on the road in this spot yet. Hats off to them if they do, but I will take Utah to win. I will take Utah to cover in this game. I think Utah wins this game by a touchdown. So I do think this is a a good line here, but uh, they've played too many close games, close-ish games when you watch them. I think they've broken up a couple games late, but I think against a team as well-coached as Utah is going to be, uh, Utah is ready for the spot. So mm-hmm. I'll take Utah. I will lay the points. All right, to review, Daniel, you are on Penn State. I am on Michigan. We are both on Alabama. We're both on TCU? hmm Right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are yep. both on LSU. That's uh, right. We are both on Clemson. That's right. We are both on we're Kentucky. both on Kentucky. Okay, so we're the, there's only two games we're going up against each other, and then you're on the first USC, ones and the last ones. Yep. And I am on Utah. So uh, we'll we'll have a, a nice noon battle to see if we get some separation, and then nice little eight eight pmer to uh, to close it out. But I don't feel be great sure. about any of these, by the way. No, <laughs> my my like, okay. I, I feel great about one. I feel great about Michigan. So I guess that's a good thing. I guess I feel great about Clemson. That's literally it. I'm with you. The rest of it, I'm like, I mean, I think I think this is what's going to happen. We'll see. We'll see. A great Saturday to sit down and watch and enjoy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so be sure to follow the podcast on social media at The Extra Point Pod on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow him on Twitter at Deep South Daniel. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Carnes with a K. That will do it for this edition of The Extra Point. He is Daniel. I am Jacob. Carnes.